Hi friends, welcome back to the Modern Wisdom Podcast and welcome to a brand new series. This is Business Principles 101. I figured that myself, Johnny and Yusuf have spent a lot of time operating uh, varying degrees of successful businesses and we get a lot of questions asking us for advice about entrepreneurship or careers, or how to start your own business. So we thought, fuck it man, let's just start something new. I really enjoyed this. I'm certain that it's going to become a staple series as we move forward across the rest of the year. Uh, on a slightly different note, I'm afraid to say that we are back to just one episode a week for the next few weeks. I am doing a road trip across America with a buddy, and it means that I'm going to run out of content if I try to do two episodes. So I apologize that you're only going to get Mondays for the next four weeks or so. But I promise once I'm back, I have some absolute motherfuckers of guests lined up to come on. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this particular episode as well. Get at me at ChriswellX on all social media. Let me know if any of the advice helped or you want to know more. We can go in whatever direction you want to hear about. So let me know. But for now, let's get stuck in Business Principles 101. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. I'm joined by none other than Johnny and Yusuf from propanefitness.com. <laughs> welcome back, man. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back indeed. Um, today we are starting a new series, Business Principles 101. Uh, we have all had a lot of experience. I've done 13 years of business operating. You've had nearly a decade now. 11, yeah. 11, Johnny, something similar. Same, yeah. It's like 30 years of combined running and failing at business between <laughs> lots, us. Lots of failing. Mostly <laughs> failing. Um, we get quite a lot of requests for advice for entrepreneurship and stuff like that. And I figured the uh, wealth of experience that we have, both good and bad, could be pretty valuable to people. And there should be some <clears throat> golden stories that come out of this. Also, all of us did business degrees of one sort or another. Sort of, yeah. Accounting. What was your actual degree? Economics. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And then you did... Mine was maths and business. Both totally useless as far as application, but we can <laughs> certainly get into that. <laughs> I think something that's really useful as well of hearing our failings that are to come is that if you ever want to learn something from someone, I think if you've got a choice between learning from someone who is a natural and just struck lucky first time compared to someone who was terrible or... May, failed multiple times and grew into a stage that that you've seen this progression there's so much more to be learned from that person like like we were saying in relationships 103 where the guy who's been divorced 15 times knows a lot more about marriage than <laughs> the, the guy, guy that just happened to look into a harmonious one you always say this about mobility right you want to learn from the guy who couldn't get into good squat position bench press, bench like, press. I, yeah you don't want to learn from the guy with little arms you want to learn from the guy who's world record level but it's got it's really long arms. Grinded it out. Yeah. It? Yeah. Cool. So, um, where do we start with business principles? I guess, come on, I'm, I don't want to hot potato you, Johnny. You are going, <laughs> I'm going to hot potato. I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologise. Uh, also, before we get before we get cracking, in the comments below or message me on Instagram if there's any particular areas of business that you want us to cover, any stories you want us to elaborate on, any advice you'd like us to go for with entrepreneurship or our experiences. Or if you need an accountant, I've got a mint accountant as well. So just, you know, 
Magic man, Chris says. Um, so, Johnny, what was your first foray into entrepreneurship or business operating? Um, so, I I was sat watching TV one summer, I think still at school, perhaps, and used to read TNationBodybuilding.com a lot, mm-hmm. and clearly remember the thought of, that that can't be that difficult to do. Like, it's just a website with blog, articles on fitness it. Blog. Yeah, let's do that. <clears throat> Text you, sir. Well, I actually started one myself on, like, blogspot.com. Like, one of these, like, really old now um, websites that allow you to set up a really bad website. <laughs> Text you, sir, and said, um, should we set up a website? We'll call it optimumfitnesssystems.com. And you, I remember you were, like, you were super keen. Mm-hmm. Um, but you Googled how many results Optimum Fitness Systems came up. And it was like hundreds, <laughs> thousands. And this is probably what, like 2008, 2006? Probably before that. Yeah, 2006, 2007. Yeah. Jeez. So, yeah. like, oh, so now Optimum, if you are thinking, there's our first piece of advice. <clears throat> if you are thinking, God's sake. do not call it Optimum <laughs> yeah. Optimum Fitness Systems. Yeah. yeah, so that was it. That was it. And it didn't become a business until 2011. Yeah, so yeah, because so, for you guys, you just started the blog as like, oh, we do fitness. People ask us, when are you getting hassled loads about fitness? Yeah, get, well, I think when you're like the the fit one in yeah. your friends, yeah. in your friendship group, people ask you like, you know. How do I get big uh, arms? Oh, we what? in the morning, two scoops, strawberry. Strawberry. Oh, then- <laughs> I get cornered in the gym with people being like, oh, excuse me, I just, because uh, <laughs> Just so you know, I have uh, me, me breakfast, 7am, strawberry, two scoops. I love that, just so you know, like, no, no context, just, you know, you know, just tell you. you and know he's what? sat there and he's like, well, it's too rude to interject at this point, so I'm going to have to wait until he makes his point. What's the... And then he just takes ages going through his entire day. You're like, oh, I'll have me oats, 30 grams, uh, Scottish ruled oats. <laughs> And, uh, and, and I have two egg whites. Not the instant pots. No, 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 no. rolled ones in there. Uh, organic. No I, GI. And you're like, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm in between sets here. Mm. Some girl outside of Voodoo on Saturday opened every sentence that she said to me. It said about maybe five different things. Every sentence was opened with, I'm not being funny. Oh, God. How does that know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Yeah. Dean, no, make, really? make it replay it and then zoom in on his mouth and you'll hear him go, don't be funny. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that was just a, a private joke because uh, we were at a thing where there's a guy constantly Who putting his hand brought up it so I'm not being funny, right? But I'm like, what about what you just said? <laughs> was in any way funny? Why are you Couldn't warning us? Why you, like, <laughs> yeah. no, one, no one laughed. So there was no danger of anyone thinking it was funny anyway. Like, this is hilarious, but I promise you it's not intended to be humorous at all. <laughs> just a preface. Early warning system <laughs> yeah. has been activated. Yeah, it's so, really weird. Um, so yeah, that was... Uh, what about you, Yusuf? Did you do anything yeah, so, before that? Uh, I, I used to drop ship batteries on eBay. What? Um, <laughs> Here we go. Excuse <laughs> me. We need to ring the Yusuf Stop alarm. Stop the podcast. <laughs> What but, was the last? This was when you. It was on Life Fails when you told us that you'd been going to like Blythe for twelve weeks uh, for a cult, <laughs> right? And, so and you've been drop, sh- drop shipping. I bet he's still doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
You'd have gone to a dropshipping battery conference last weekend. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you were. You weren't with your girlfriend oh, yeah. in, the, in the cottage somewhere. Okay, that was just a cover story. I, I, I was in the warehouse in Slough. Like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to arrange a deal for Taiwan. First principles, man, yeah. yeah dropshipped um, batteries. It, I, actually, I've misused the word dropship. It, I um, arbitraged them. <laughs> but, That's even worse. So you never actually owned them. Well, I, I owned them for a, for a short time. So I, I used to buy batteries in bulk, the little um, C137 or whatever they're oh, called. Oh, yeah, yeah. For yeah. scales. Yeah. yeah. I had to um, buy one recently for my car key. Oh, I should have bought one of me. I get to go <laughs> Don't you worry, Habibi. Don't you fucking go petrol station. I tell you, fuck bastard. <laughs> no packaging, okay? Just... <laughs> no, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. Coming like a little piece of cling film. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Just a pen written No, on. it's good stuff. It's good done. <laughs> So, yeah, I used to buy them in bulk and then resell them. On e- it was a, such a ball ache, actually. That, so that was lesson number one. Time is money. And just because you can make a markup on something doesn't mean that that profit is worth your time. Because if you translate that into, if, I, if you just get a job in a pub or in Costa or something, <coughs> you'd probably make more per hour with less stress. And so... What was your markup on the batteries? It was... It, oh, I can't remember now. It, it wasn't worth my time. Not enough to continue doing. No, just because right. of the amount of ball acre that... Was ball acre yeah. So talking about um, the issue of time, I think this paralysis by analysis issue that we came up against, or what me and uh, one of the guys, part of the Modern Wisdom Project, Jordan, dubbed uh, the planner's dilemma, similar to the prisoner's dilemma, is a lot of people are averse to starting a business because they would rather plan and, and the think yeah, the perfect <laughs> business. Whereas definitely I'm, we, we will all agree that a lot of the skills that you learn in business just occur from operating something. Yeah. Like just having to deal with the situations which arise as a byproduct of having a business and they become so robust and transferable. So great principle for this is idea is the constant and execution is the multiplier. Whereas a lot of people who haven't done something like this before thinks that think that the idea is like, oh, mate, I've got this really sick idea, but mm. you've got to sign a non-disclosure agreement if you're going to talk about it with me because I'd have to kill you. If it, and mm. it's like, no one cares about your stupid little idea because mm-hmm. unless you actually execute it well, it don't, like Amazon selling stuff, selling items online. It's not it's not a groundbreaking idea, but mm-hmm. it's executed so well yeah. that it becomes so. Um, I think that's something that, and it comes into the planner's dilemma because people think that like if they craft this perfect idea, it's like, mm. but actually if they just got moving and doing things and mm. then fail forward into stuff and then you figure out what works and what doesn't. I think the best description I've heard of business operation is just professional problem solving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely. like you, all, all that happens is you are trying to make something continue happening mm. and happen more or faster, more often or at bigger at bigger scale. And loads of problems happen. It feels each time something happens, each time you Oh, look, there's a problem. Oh, I've got to find a solution. It, oh, that's created another problem. Yeah. It feels like, to me, controlled falling business. <laughs> like someone's pushed you at the top of an infinite set of stairs and all you're doing is going... That, that's what Ben is so good at. So we, we have a friend who ran a, a bike company and he was consulted. He got a phone call the other day of someone being like, oh, you're right, mate, something's gone wrong in the labs, like the the inducer isn't working through the thing and it's letting off this blue steam. And Ben was like, oh, okay, so maybe just try this and then I'll, I'll get Christian to write a bit of code so that it only 
functions intermittently. I'm like, Ben, what? how do you know about lab equipment? He was like, I don't really. It's just kind of... Just systems, solving. isn't it? Just yeah. <laughs> At some point in his history, he's come up with something that links to this. Mm. But yeah, controlled falling, man. Like, again, a lot of people that think they're... Or that perceive professionals, high-performing professionals, as being good at business would be so amazed to realise how little of a clue they have about what they're doing. Mm. So I was listening to, and this is a really fucking good podcast, and I haven't lost my mind, Logan Paul. Logan Paul's podcast, really fucking, he's got some, he's got some shite guests on. Like he'll, he'll probably have like Nicki Minaj or something. But even so, fair fucking play. That's a big Man, he, had, he, had, he had the real Wolf of Wall Street on. Really? Like giving sales advice. Motherfucker. <laughs> So anyway, um, and he was talking about all of the guys in the room were talking about the fact that all of them have pitched themselves into meetings with people that are super successful and said that they are the best at social media in all of LA when they've never done social media or digital marketing before. Mm. And then they've just had to learn on their feet. I think that you can overshoot. And this goes back to what you were saying about just getting started with something. If you're going to start a business, I think starting small, i.e. do not... I repeat, do not ring me and tell me that you've remortgaged your entire house to start a business when you have no business experience, i.e. start with a low amount of financial liability. I've seen that before. It's terrifying. You've never run a business before and you've put 50% of your net worth into this business. See it on Dragon's Den a lot. Have you ever watched that? Uh, People that just go all chips on the table. They're asking for investment. They haven't made many sales. It's like... How much have you invested? Like, oh, 100,000 of my own money. You've remortgaged my house twice. You're like, yeah, like, I, you know, you, like this, it's great optimism. Well, I've got to pay, thinking, like, once so. I take off the child support and my divorce settlement, like, yeah, painful. Which Everyone why, just thinks they're going to be Levi Roots, don't they? Well, yeah, like the one diamond in the rough success story. Yeah. But it, it's it's kind of why the the Gary Vaynerchuk advice of, of like, you know, the people asking a question, like, I'm... I'm 29 and I've got this idea, but I think it's too late to start. And he's like, fuck you. He's like, of course it's not too late to start. It's like, well, Gary, that's fine. Uh, Until it's negligent. Until like the person actually doesn't have a really good idea and they ruin their life Mm. pursuing this. Like, well, I just need to keep trying and keep investing and keep going. Mm. So you only know that if you just, well, it's the Facebook thing of move, move fast, break it Mm -hmm. and then go back to what you're doing. So interesting point here, David Epstein, guy that wrote range, he said that he'd done an analysis of when the uh, av- the average age of the CEOs of industry-changing businesses. So he asked, what's the average age of, in- of uh, CEOs in industry-changing businesses? When they founded the company. So not when it went public, none of that shit. What's the average age? And they asked this at this like super start-y-up-y Silicon Valley quantified self vegan bullshit conference somewhere. Right. Battery tape on the walls, yeah. basketball hoops everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and foosball. Foosball, <laughs> yeah. fucking loads of foosball. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Ask this question and the room was like uh, 23, 24, 25, because everyone knows the Mark Zuckerberg story about he was, I think, 23 mm. when he started Facebook. Average age, 44. Yeah. I've so that before. Bill Gates and um, that era of CEOs seem to play around in a number of different industries before they get to something. Mm-hmm. But what have they got? Wealths of experience yeah. and masses of failures as mm-hmm. well, probably. Mm-hmm. Well, even even like on a really PG, like BBC level, Dragon's Den again, mm-hmm. if you watch that lineup, like none of them are 
such and such founded a business when he was 18. It was the first business he did and he went on to be a multimillionaire. Like all of them had like eight businesses that like spectacularly failed. And then the ninth one just went all right. So as a, to try and give some of my Genesis story, I guess with this, which is a little bit contrary to what we've said so far, the first ever business that I started was when I sat down at my first seminar for uni in Freshers Week, sat next to my business partner, my when would-be business partner, said, I'm skinned. I've <laughs> spent all of my money in Freshers Week drinking. This is when, like, maintenance loan was, like, three to two and a half grand or something in pennies. But then also accommodation was also pennies. Uh, sat next to him and he said, oh, well, there's this company that I used to work for in Leeds called Voodoo. You can come and get a flyering job with me later on. Like, do you want to come to the meeting this week? And then from then we started working together. And that that was my first ever business, first day of university, sat next to my business partner, 13 years later, still together. Still There's a key difference there though, isn't there? As to why that was successful. And <clears throat> the people who quit their job and remortgage their house before they've fathomed an idea. Why, why that? Was successful. We de- very delicately treaded in and moved up through the business. Mm. So definitely one of the principles I think that people need to keep a hold of is that <clears throat> if you've never run a business before, or if you're wanting to start a business, you have to, as far as I'm concerned, especially small businesses, if you are a <clears throat> specialist in logistics or something like that, there's no reason that you couldn't, after a lot of time doing logistics, then jump from perhaps management to ownership. That's a, a fairly easy one. But for a lot of SMEs, my best bit of advice in terms of starting is to learn every phase of your business from the ground floor up. So the lineage of a typical club promoter would be start as a flyer boy, be good at flyering, then maybe become like a senior flyer boy where you manage the other PR staff, then junior event manager, event manager, senior event manager, city manager, maybe business development manager or something like that, then director. And... Once you've done through all of those different stages, you understand you've got a bird's eye view of recruitment, of marketing, of HR, of accounting, of B2B, of B2C, all that sort of shit. And then when one of your employees comes to you with an issue, you can deal with it Mm. because you have seen every single thing and you've got a process. So there we go. Another principle is as you move through the business, as you encounter particular issues, write down your solution that you gave to those issues. Because now for me and Darren, again, one of the things that we talk about with our business is that we're not actually that good at business, but we've made 13 years of mistakes that we only made once. Yeah. And now we have a process for, there's very rarely, very, very rarely that I come up against, and this will be the same. I know it's the same for you guys because I've seen your autoresponder email. Um, (laughs) (laughs) that very rarely do you encounter a situation after running a business for maybe more than five years, which you haven't encountered before. There's something quite symbolic about that as well, that the vast majority of problems that people believe is this unique curse bestowed upon them alone are actually just really representative of what everyone suffers with. We we get that because we, we offer business coaching as well. And sometimes you'll get an inquiry from someone that's like, Hey guys, I was going to sign up for your program, but my situation is like really unique and different and special. So I need customized. I need something that's more bespoke. 
And then they describe their situation. And you're like, that is the most standard of standard <laughs> businesses. Like you and the other 10 people who emailed this week with exactly the same specific. Yeah. Did you listen to the Tiago Forte podcast? He said that his first ever business was um, fixing people's Windows XP computers. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone had this very unique problem <laughs> yeah. that they came to him with. He just Googled it. He, no, no, no. He just did uninstalled the operating system, <laughs> put it back in, restarted it, gave it to them. It was like, he apparently it... sat there like, really? Yes, yes. So like, oh, like, yes. So what, what's the problem that you've got? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's difficult when that it does. Mike is difficult. Yeah, exactly. One solution Whoa. fits all. Like, the, the, there's something to be said for that. Like, in offering any service, obviously my, like, background is in delivering healthcare service, but it's the same thing that there is, a, there is an evidence basis behind, and this is seeing behind the, the wall now, behind when a doctor asks you... Oh, God. This is this how medicine works? Yeah. The, the doctor will ask you, what, what do you think it is? Okay. Do you have any... Particularly big worries about is that what the same? Is that the same as when a policeman pulls you over and goes, "Do you know why I've pulled you over?" <laughs> yeah, it's, hang on, mate. I'm not here to fucking hamstring myself. <laughs> Fuck off, man. Yeah, why you tell me what I was doing. Like the, those are the, the three evidence-based questions. I ain't no grass yet. I'm not a grass. <laughs> I'm not a fucking grass man. That will improve, uh, like patient satisfaction. Is you just ask them, "What do you think it is? Any big concerns? What's your expectation for today?" Ice. Now, the doctor doesn't care about your answers. <laughs> but it's just because it, it on the data shows that that makes people happier. So with service, like what Tiago was doing there, rather than being like, right, don't care, what I'm going to do is I'm install the operating system. Instead, it's like, hmm, okay. So tell me, how is the notology? <laughs> and I'm taking notes on it and then doing what you want, because it doesn't matter to, to them. It's the black box. Tiago's come in, fixed my computer, I'm happy. I'd far it's rather... Worked that they didn't even ask me and just fixed it. Really? Because I, I would rather mean, just feel like I think they understand what's going on. I think I you're see. very unemotional when it comes to this stuff, which again, like being unemotional mm. in business... Like, I don't know, I think I am quite emotional. You're quite transactional with stuff though. You just want in input, process, oh, output. the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's, it's idiocy to want anything else. Because you know but, that when you're paying <laughs> someone to fix a computer... I want, I want to fix precisely computer. what you're paying it for. Yeah. You, you don't like... I want this like... Mm. Like, fucking, I can imagine you'd give them the key to the house and she'd be like... Yeah, go I don't know, like, have a story about it. Just fix a fucking computer. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So, got E-Myth Revisited. Mm, just, just thinking. Basically describes exactly what you've just said. E-Myth. What, E-myth. what are the three stages? The you E-myth. become... You're the technician when you start. Yeah. So, okay, who, so, who writes it? It'll be in the show notes below. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Can't, we'll, we'll find it. It'll so be in the show notes below. The we? entrepreneurial myth. So, he describes a situation of this woman who um, works... For works in a baker's, loves baking cakes. So she's like, right, I'm going to set up my own bakery. Set up her own bakery because she loves making cakes. Mm-hmm. And then realizes like, oh fuck, like I need to like clean the surfaces, do the books. Oh God, I need to set up all these systems and, and do and manage my advertising. And oh, I need an employee. So then she brings someone in to help. And the manager then does everything, hires all the systems. And 10 years later, it's this massive bakery. And she goes in and tries to speak to one of the employees. And the employee goes, who are you? And, she, and she's like, oh, um, she I'll, baked a cake I'll help with this. And they're like, oh, no, 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 this is how we do it. And she's mm. lost complete control of the business because she didn't do every step. Mm. So it that is 101. Like if you want to, if you look, because I think the, the, the most common movement into business for most people is they are doing something or they see the way something is done and think I can do that or I can do that better or, mm. or whatever. But they often miss like the, the rest of the picture. It's the same as 
what we talk about a lot here, which is a lot of people want quick fixes. They want the fat loss pill not to consistently do calorie deficit with some not, cardiovascular not exercise. Dieting. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same for this. People love the idea of being an entrepreneur or a business owner more than they like the idea of doing business because mm. they want the title without the graft. And unfortunately, the titles only were if the title could be attained overnight, mm. in that case, it's not worth anything. So you shouldn't want it. Ronnie Coleman was right all along, wasn't he? Everybody wants to be a powerlifter. But power lifter. bodybuilder, but nobody want to lift no heavy ass weight. They don't. Everybody <laughs> want to be a business. Honestly, <laughs> you realise slowly that he has just, everything he said, you look at him and think, what a, what a weirdo, but all of it In is this profound. banana, banana What about nothing, yeah. but a, what, nothing but a peanut? What about well, that? Precisely. Well, like, wasn't that's just anything a, but a peanut? That's just this unbreakable attitude of like, it doesn't matter. It just, he sees the impermanence of life. It just ain't nothing but a peanut. <laughs> ain't nothing but a peanut. <laughs> it's, everything's all complexity and difficulty in life reduced down to a peanut. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah. yeah. There's a man about to squat 800 solid-ass pounds. <laughs> solid-ass pounds. And he's still going like... I'm doing two. Like, yeah, no, Ronnie, Ron, don't Ronnie, do it. That. That's really heavy. It's like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> like, what a great attitude. It's incredible. You should do business mentoring. <laughs> you really should. Yeah, 100%. Have you seen him now? Ronald Coleman, <laughs> business oh, mentor. God. Yeah, he's fucked now, isn't he? he? But he, but even still, like, I've seen him. Have you seen his, his YouTube channel? So he, like, sneaks up behind people. When they, <laughs> yeah. Like, someone sat at their desk. He's going like, damn! Well, like RonnieColemanSupplements.com or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Can you imagine Zero. being one of the staff that works at RonnieColemanSupplements.com? Yes. Can you? Do you well, think about it on edge all the time, yeah. you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck, is Ronald in the building? Oh, there'd, be a, there'd be a bit of a worry that like, no one knows he would just run out of cash and not realise. I think that that's how that business would, would ultimately I mean, run. I know, having seen the Ronnie Coleman documentary, that he is spending a lot of money on pain pills. Yeah. It's like, sad. a lot of money. It's like, sad, he is that, bouncing off the limiter of how much he can take in terms of pain pills. He needs to order them in from the UK, doesn't he? <laughs> Rather than pay £1,000 a pop in Why the States. Why don't you arbitrage it? Arbitrage it, yes. <laughs> You've got access now. Yeah. Con- oh, actually, Ronald, also... please get in touch. Hang on. Ronald. Congratulations. Oh, yeah, sure. Yusuf's a doctor. Finally. Double high five. Three, two, one. Oh. <laughs> yes. Congrats, man. Thank you. We should have done that Goodness catch-up. Me. We should have had a special memorial catch-up. Ah. For Yusuf's education career. <laughs> how many years have you been in uni? 11. Motherfucker. So how many years have you been in full-time education? Like the vast majority of the t- Sorry, 10. Uh, yeah. And then full-time, edu- I don't know, like that. Plus, Since you were like... Plus the baseline that you have to do. What is it, five, four? 11. No, plus college. So... Mm. No, what time do you like? <clears throat> five. Oh. Five until 18 you did. So that's another 13. Okay, yeah. So... Let's say lots, lots. No, <laughs> I can't believe we broke down all of the elements of the equation to come up with the, the answer. Because it is lots, isn't it? And none of it had any relevance for the stuff that for any success or what? failure in okay. business. So there we I go. Think. There's another one. All three of us did business or business related degrees. Conventional education, like Sucks listen dick. to Anton. Seek alternative education. <laughs> do you know? Do you know who I will put in the show notes? I will put Anton a, Creel. I'll put Anton Creel, and I'll put Sam Ovens. I will put a Sam. You put Sam Ovens in. I've put him in already. Wow. We have made some ground. Today, I'm not going to watch gentlemen. him, but I'll put him in the show notes. Just Chris, the Chris Virgin, or, or <laughs> Sam Ovens. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> you just need to get laid, man. Like, bah. So his latest video, he's got like long hair and he's a mess. He's clearly just been in the hole. In the hole. No women in it, is there? 
there is he, no women. He can't in be it. a virgin and a sex offender. Like, yeah, he has to he'd be a wannabe <laughs> sex offender. Yeah. Oh, I see. Or like uh, uh, one of the people with the flashes. Yeah. 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 Anyway, back to business. So <laughs> I think definitely one of the things that we've touched on there, which is super important, is if you want to become good at business, a formal education is in no way mandatory. I think it's unhelpful because it's a waste of time that you could be spending doing other things. Like it, it, the ability to learn and assimilate information is the useful part, but the content that you, you have to learn in a business degree is useless. Well, I did a, a module in entrepreneurship because I thought I did, like, I did one as well. Did you? It was like, I turned up and it was totally misadvertised basically. It was like the history of entrepreneurship in the 1930s America and like there was nothing applicable. You're just like... You did a marketing one. Masters. Yeah. Uh, is this, do you use that? Masters. Never once. Really? Never once. So the reason that I did a uh, extra degree, a postgrad, was because I knew that the first half was covering things that I'd done in my degree. It was the <laughs> same. Some of the modules were given the same names that I'd just finished in my third year. Some Easy of them were thinking. given. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, I just repurpose my existing coursework that I did either one of the last three years. And then sure enough, did that. The only thing I needed to do was a. Um, uh, what's the dissertation, dissertation at the at the end of it? Yeah, I mean that's that's obviously how much I concentrated on it. I can remember you doing the dissertation. I can remember being in the flat while you were doing the dissertation. Was it that thirty six hour period? With yeah. The window? <laughs> yeah, that was a two very... types of people in this world: the ones who do the dissertation in thirty six hours, and the ones who do it in a year. Yeah, <laughs> I did mine in thirty six hours. So with like yeah, ten Red Bulls and yeah, and all the rest of it. Got it done, there, didn't you? Got it done, gone, finished it. Gone, yeah. done it. Gone, done. gone, done it, yeah. So, yeah, I don't think formal education at all needed. Like, it's not a prerequisite. If I was to design someone that was going to be good at business, they'd be good at selling, yeah, copywriting, um, yeah. have a good eye for, for marketing. It is all just marketing, isn't it? Yeah. We've people, learned, people, you got to be good with people. you got to have good communication that, skills. So all marketing really is, is communication, isn't it? It's the ability to communicate a concept, idea, message but there's different so advertising and marketing are quite distinct yeah and advertising is a, a, a important part of mm. your business but yeah so formal education I, again i was doing a business degree and very quickly became uh disenfranchised disenchanted with academia mm. because at the age of 18 as a fresher in uni i was being shown one particular world of business in academics and experiencing another and there was no overlap. You slowly realise the people teaching you about business have never had any success in business. Well, what the yeah. fuck would they be teaching you for if they were yeah. successful in business? <laughs> Anton again. Oh. We need that clip. We leave our children <laughs> in the hands of these fucking failures <laughs> for eight hours a day. And How many of them have had a successful relationship? Or, run a bit, or, or, or wealthy? None of them. How many of your teachers are millionaires? So this None. is one of the we things... We shouldn't be harsh on teachers. No. <laughs> but teachers... Because there are some fantastic teachers. Just quoting Anton. I, yeah. I, I think teachers do a very noble... This is thing. not... These views do not represent mine, jo- Yusuf's or Johnny's, or that of modern wisdom. They are just repurposing. Try and Anton's. complain to Anton, but he won't get your email, and he doesn't. Because he's got a phone. His little, <laughs> his little Singaporean right wife might pass it on to him. I swear he's on Twitter though. Anyway, so yeah, yeah you are right. The, one of the things that's a little bit weirder is when I look at America and I see you could go learn psychology from Dr. Jordan Peterson. Or you could yeah. go and learn like evolutionary biology from Nicholas Christakis or astronomy from Professor Adam <clears throat> Frank. We're in an incredible age, isn't it? Like you can now just have full access to the best teaching anywhere. You all mean the time. in the American university education? Because yeah. they all those guys up until not long ago, University of Waterloo still had Dr. Stuart McGill. 
Mm, okay. I mean, up until five years ago, you could go learn biomechanics from Dr. Stuart McGill. You can do it all online now. That's, that's what I mean. Like, Well, again, so if you want to find out about that, stay tuned for the week of the 3rd of August. Scott H. Young on oh. his new book, Ultra Learning, uh, will be coming out. I've recorded it, but I can't release it. He said I can't release it. But that's self-directed learning, being able to learn the four-year MIT computer science program in six months oh, past the exam that's an intense month. no sorry in one year past the exams he was doing one module per week and a half oh, so i i remember i had a lecturer at uni who was basically like best mates with the two guys there was something called an arrow debris model in economics and it, like he was teaching this thing and then you look at this the, the man with a small face no, that's, oh. that's a different man. You look, <laughs> Let's learn about he him. Was, he was brilliant. Um, but you look up on Wikipedia, Arrow Debra model, and there's a photo of Arrow Debra, and then the bloke teaching it in the middle, sat around a table in France having a coffee. But, so like, he's a big dick, but like, a big dick in what? Theoretical economics. Like, I'm sure to him, and I'm sure in some way, that does feed through into progression. But like, has that helped me in my life? Yeah. No, not well, really. If your goal is not to be an academic, then mm. it, it instantly becomes... An ACA, accountancy qualification, I do think is worth it. Why? But <clears throat> you have to view it. So so basically, in doing an ACA, you are put into... So you're learning, you're training to be an auditor, essentially, of, of businesses. But in that process, you... Well, if you do audit at an accountancy firm and do your ACA at the same time, then you're doing... You're spending a lot of time in in businesses usually pretty big businesses. Mm. And as long as you try and learn how they're running and see what they do, like everything down from like, how is a new employee added to the system mm. to like, how do they process a payment or and all, all the way up to the top of how the financial statements are prepared. Um, you have to want to learn about that stuff. It doesn't get put upon you. But I think that is of, of everything I've done. Those three years were the most valuable, but even then, I'd be clutching it like the most valuable thing is everything I've learned about I was gonna mar- say, marketing and selling. Compare that with from self-directed stuff. Yeah, what yeah. you've had to stumble through. With well, propane. so like we started and we had no clue, like not a clue. Because how did you begin to monetize? So people will be listening. They'll think, oh, I could do a this. I draw. I could do or I sing or I am mm. good at writing mm. or. Uh, arbitraging batteries like. so, so the, yeah that, that's, it's an interesting point because we when we started internet was much younger like a year in internet land is obviously 10 years Decade, in normal yeah. yeah and so we started in 2008-2009 where <clears throat> by, ver- by dint of just creating a blog and posting content it would start to reach the top page on like YouTube six years ago yeah or like exactly. podcasts now and so like yeah. yeah if you look at old school YouTube things like Power Thirst and those kind of old school viral videos that just went crazy because mm. they were the only content Shit on quality but yeah so first mover like, advantage yeah. so, so instantly like by just by having a website you suddenly are seen as an authority and it was very demand driven for us so we started to get inquiries just off the back of that so we didn't we then were almost spoiled by not having to learn marketing and not having to do anything apart from create content and you're just getting culture. organic traffic through the blog posts yeah didn't you write something isn't isn't <clears> your <throat> best performing article on caffeine ramadan whereas now that strategy would just absolutely not work and i've seen people set up a 
a blog or a, a YouTube channel <clears throat> and really plow money into it and try and get the production quality working and just get nothing out of it because you can't rely reliably on organic traffic being a a thing. Not that, anymore, man. Yeah, I mean, this is your area and I'm sure we will get onto this. Again, I'm going to keep on rinsing this because this series is new for us. Mm-hmm. But we could do, I mean, I could leave you guys to do five episodes on your own about Facebook ads, paid marketing, how it ties in with organic, well, the, all that sort of stuff. this is it. And unfortunately, you have to be a polymath of all of those things. You have to know SEO, web design, marketing, content creation, communication, mar- uh, Facebook ads, Google ads. You know, you, you have to, re- all of these different moving parts of the business, accounts, um, operations you have to really know all of that stuff like at least ask, to a basic level ask yousef anything about wordpress just ask him a question or like <laughs> say something like oh i think this is about wordpress and then you'll either get angry laugh, yeah or do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah for the listeners that is a short intake of breath with the lips pursing and then pulling apart it's like a you might see him do it. Yeah. If things get heated, you'll see him do it. But I think, so that, that got us to the point where we were making like, probably like a couple of, so I remember, I remember this conversation with someone at uni where we'd like, we did this blog on the side and we had four grand in the bank account. I really clearly remember the amount. And someone went like, do you guys even like, what do you even do? And I'm like, oh, well, we've just made like our first like, Four thousand pounds. I'm like, what? What the fuck? Like, how? How have you done that? Like, how, do you... how did you do that? So, that, what were you so selling? We, we got up to that point. Twelve which was, pound consultation. It, yeah, we started for... right at the bottom. Which it was eleven ninety nine, nine ninety. I think so. Yeah. So, how long were you? What was this Skype call? That was a week of you got uh, a training plan, diet plan, and coaching for a week. When someone bought it, we were like, right, open up a document, on Microsoft Word. Oh and, God. Um, like yeah. Name. Yeah. Monday. <laughs> that was it. And we three of us coached this person at once. Oh, and then we had a yeah. gold plan that was 100 quid and a platinum that was 250 quid. That what was did like you get our, for the platinum? That was our YOLO. So we, we didn't well, know. So this is, this is probably the iconic story of propane. So driving to the gym one morning, still at uni, on the way to train, boodloom, PayPal notification, 250 pounds. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Yusuf, I was like... Yusuf, someone's <laughs> just bought platinum and obviously erupts into laughter because platinum didn't exist. What the fuck's platinum? Yeah. So I then didn't train and had to sit and make this guy, which was basically just like my like wank log of everything I was interested in at the time. With, it was with amazing because you, you drew a graph of like the quarters. I did have a graph. Uh, it was really, but it really it was just like, every, I was like, fucking hell, I need to give this guy 250 What was your turnaround time? I did it that day. One day, yeah, two hundred fifty quid. Yeah. You paid two hundred fifty quid. That's still he wrote that his magnum even... opus just on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I was bursting like it was. It was, it was like coming up my pores. This stuff, like I read so much about it. Um, but yeah, and then, that, but I think we never really got above. We would never have been able to do it full time if we. And it, the income never really got to any point where it was meaningful until we learned <laughs> marketing. And the first marketing. we spent a thousand quid on a course from Paul Mort on how to do e- email. Meal marketing. So, so you know, you were saying it's a series of problems that you solve. Yeah. So, the bottleneck was revenue and sales not coming in. So we fixed. So, that. what was that due to traffic? Yeah. Due to volume? Well, yeah, like a traffic mm. and or conversions. Both. both. And so, so, so we improved both from the from the traffic. So you improve it from the um, course from the marketing course. Marketing. So then you improve traffic marketing. and conversions. 
then suddenly you've got revenue coming in, more client demand, but we can't actually cater to them all. <laughs> and so we end up just getting less and less sleep and taking more sales calls at like two in the morning to someone in America. And like, just, and you can see on the videos, there's a period on our YouTube channel where both me and Johnny just start looking more like that. Sullen. Um, <clears throat> have you ever seen Brian Cox go into a centrifuge? <laughs> no, but have you seen it? <laughs> Have you seen I it? think I might have seen the video. Dean, can like, you make can you make Brian Cox <laughs> in the centrifuge appear just here, please? He's Thank like, you. And his face. Yeah. Hang on. Bing bing. He won't. <laughs> Brian Cox is not going to. Actually, someone someone called us out on one of the videos and said, "I swear that you say video guy Dean's going to do loads of things that he doesn't do." Yeah. Fucking well, video guy Dean. I guess we'll, we'll find out what actually. So yeah. Oh, wow. Um. um you were saying so, yeah. So th- there's a series of problems that solve, and we've solved one bottleneck. It opened up then the capacity problem, the ability to deliver that service to the clients, and we just didn't know what to do. Didn't have a scalable operational system to deal with it, and also so we, were terrified of putting the price up to bring ter- demand down. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm. Ter- yeah, which which we'll get to. Great which story Chris's about that. advice for us. And so it felt like, you know, that uh, exercise, which is like a rope and a weighted ball. And you see people go like this with the wall. <laughs> it felt like that. I thought that's what you do at CrossFit. You think that's what a wall ball is, don't you? Wall balls. You hit the ball on the wall. Wall ball is much more gentle. But yeah, so you finally, it's like you've been, you've been like underneath a tap for ages with a screwdriver, like trying to unplug it. And then you unplug it. And you've got a very different problem of like, the house is going to flood. The house, <laughs> Yusef, the house is flooding. You're right. I've run out of buckets. We've used yeah. all of the buckets. That, that's the best analogy because it's suddenly a problem that you, you, you've only got a screwdriver to try and fix the water in your face. And you're like, well, I don't you're know. Like, just, you, <laughs> you do it really fast to try and like... To, and so we ended up sleep deprived and just feeling horrendous. What year was this? 2014. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, and it was only really having... Chris's advice and a series of mentors uh, and business coaches that we hired over the following few years that finally got us to develop a scaled leveraged approach to delivering service to clients without them suffering. Like they actually got a better service as a result rather than them getting like a sleep deprived coach that writes them out of program that they halfway got. through ramadan yeah yeah ramadan <laughs> so i think that that the lesson the business lesson from that is and i think that this is what it took us a long time to realize is that you don't really people like people set up a company and do something really manually themselves and think i have a business but if they went on holiday all of the aspects of the business from like selling delivery everything stop that's just a job with loads of risk like with <laughs> with no with no holiday pay, oh. no pension, yeah. no maternity or paternity leave. It probably like, pays oh, less mate, as well. I work in Cafe Nero, man. So like, I'm my own boss. Like, you have got nothing in the way of uh, systems or an actual business. So for it to be a business, you have to be able to not do the selling, and it's still sales still happen. Not bring in the the traffic or the attention, and that still happens. Not actually deliver the product, and that still happens. And only when you like slowly step away and it all happens yeah. like yeah <laughs> yeah that's it. but you do it it's kind of a little bit i imagine or it is for me like putting a baby to sleep yeah. and very slowly <laughs> stepping out of the room mm. like the handle closing it allowing it to just 
But inevitably, you shut the... Yeah! Oh, fuck, fuck, fucking hell, yeah. Gotta get back off holiday. But yeah. then sometimes you just hear a thud from inside the room and you're like, oh, no. The baby's falling out. <laughs> or like a loud bang. Yeah. What's happened like, there? Don't know. What's happened to the baby? Like the, the Frag grenade. <laughs> Tom Clancy, Rainbow Six. Yeah. Rainbow Six, straight through the door. Or like, it's like, bang, bang, bang. Oh, police! And you're like, oh my God. <laughs> the baby's turning in. NYP. So... Um, a, good, a couple of good stories to start framing this. I guess the principle, we should probably try and either before or after a principle, try and summarize it. And I guess what we're talking about here is the art of delegating or the art of scaling. Because the art of delegating is a massive topic that we need to get onto, which is bringing in people who fill in the gaps in your particular skill set. And that's probably a full episode on its own. Um, but a fairly charming story to do with this is... I worked 204 Saturdays in a row without stopping. Um, didn't miss a single Saturday. So when four we Four f- years of... Yeah, four yeah. years. So when we first launched our first ever weekly event, that was the... F- what is... To the listeners at home, Yusuf has lifted his leg in the air like a cat. Had a repair. You've patched <laughs> your pants. The, right. I mean... <laughs> Carry on. I, I, I didn't mean to distract you from your story. I Jesus was Christ. Like, that's going to have to be cut out, isn't it? <laughs> Just leave it. Leave the it video man Dean will have cut all this out by now. As long as he's put something over your crotch. So, I worked I worked um, over 200 Saturdays in a row without taking a break. That included... That wasn't just me working on the night time and being kind of the slightly more swan-around boss that I am now. That was getting up at 10 in the morning, going to the club for 11 a.m., putting up the inflatable... <laughs> that, that goes up in the main room like plugging up yeah. the, the, the big goose that you have to <laughs> plug, plugging in all of the DJ decks upstairs like a job which with a written process could have taken anyone three hours to do would have cost us 18 quid a week but oh no because I was terrified I was so um, neurotic about the business and I think this is something which You're is... You're like, I can do this well, and if I, if I give it to someone else, yeah. they would. The problem is, I, if you want a job doing properly, do it yourself. Absolutely. Is true. Yeah. And the conversation that I had, pardon me, with Stephen Wolfram the other week, was he, a lot of the time, because he understands coding, right, from the ground floor, he goes into Wolfram language or Wolfram Mathematica and just checks out the code. So he'll go on to, like, wolframalpha.com, and just look at the code and just code check shit and debug shit. And you're like, hang on, you're the CEO. 800 people work on this. Do you know who wrote that bit of code? Like some <laughs> spotty teenager in San Francisco who works off his, like out of his mum's basement or something like that. Because everyone's remote pretty much in Wolfram. And you've got the CEO going in the, and just being like, he'll drop him an email and be like, oh, just checked out the code. There's a little bit of debugging to be done in here. 10 minutes and he'll do it. But the, the problem there is that he has set up his life so that he can do that because that's what he loves. Yeah. But that's not the way that most people would want to run right. a business. Yeah. They, you know, like he's a, he's an odd character because Very he, so. yeah, Very he unique. set up his life so that he can code more. Whereas <laughs> most people we, want to do it so they can do less. Well, yeah. Like what mm. we're saying about the, the e-myth concept is that, you graduate from technician to franchise owner, where actually you're not breaking the bread at all. You don't even see the flower anymore. You mm. wrote the process, and then someone else is carrying it out, and you've got people. It's, I remember what. People. So the day I <clears throat> quit, or maybe like the week before I quit 
sat, sat there. Sat down there. Um, December time. KPMG sat in where nobody can see, but behind the camera in this mystical land of... This is a set. Let's not forget that this isn't actually my living room. This is a podcast studio built to look exactly like my living room. But uh, that's actually just all open walls there. It's and just this black is, space. Yeah. We're, we're made space. of cardboard, so yeah. like, it's just... This is going to become like as famous as like the casting couch, isn't it? So like, it was someone, you know, in... I want to come. I want to come up and see the see. I want to come up and see the the couch. You know when I want to the, sit where Johnny sits. There was you don't want to sit where Johnny sits. <laughs> yeah, there'll just be a big dip. Huge. There was dip. a thing on Facebook for ages where people uploaded like the famous casting, casting couch, couch set yeah, yeah. on Facebook, and, and the caption was like, "Every guy in the UK knows exactly what this." Yeah, <laughs> you're blanking. Yeah, you don't. Know, Yusuf doesn't know what it is. I've seen another one. I've seen another one with the real fake taxi guess. that's for sale. All oh, right. <laughs> Lauren was in Fake Taxi. Uh, Female Fake Taxi. What, what's her stage name? Sienna Day. Sienna Day. Anybody Sienna wants Day. to have a watch of some adult entertainment, <laughs> just... Uh, with, porn, Chris's, with Chris's maid in it. Yeah, Pornhub. She made it big time then. Sienna Day, she's done good, man. She's done good. It's weird well that done, there's man. a hierarchy. That's, that's totally raining. What, <laughs> what was I saying? What's well, a huge couch business. behind there. Oh yeah, sat there and you said to me, um, I used to tell people to go to clubs. Now I tell people who tell people who tell people to go to, to, go to clubs. And I was like, okay, mm. I think I understand mm. it now. Yeah. But that is actually the, the goal, isn't it? The only reason why, if you wanted to be Wolfram about it, was if you really liked giving people flyers. Yeah. Then you'd be like, you know what? One day a week, I'm going to go down Northumberland Street and give out flyers. Out- but what you would have done then is you would have brought in everybody else that did everything that wasn't giving out flyers. So the business still mm. acts on your behalf. You it's have just, to give out so many flyers, though. If you were the only flyer giver... We don't give that many out, man. Print, print media's dead. Uh, okay. There we go. Business principle, print media, fuck off. Create no gun. one looks at a flyer anymore. One now. of the rotating elastic bands that just fires flyers. At Actually, I'm going to do... We'll, we can do a little quick fire round. I think <clears> we're about... I started and we've got loads of outtakes at the beginning, so uh, I think we're about maybe 50 minutes in. A couple of things, just some quick principles off the bat. Um, mail shots through the door, as far as I'm concerned, if you are launching a business, nah, fuck off. No one wants your... Like, if you put junk mail through someone's letterbox, you're probably... Just either wasting money or damaging your brand. How do you feel about junk mail, Lisa? Absolutely terrible. I mean, we, we've we've heard if you've not heard the is it life fails where we talk about it was a catch up episode. Catch up, yeah. On his letterbox, he has written like, <laughs> no junk, no mail. junk mail because never has there been a more effective deterrent. <laughs> Someone <laughs> whose job is to give you junk mail. It than works the pretty words. well. The only people that get through are Oteen and Farm Foods now. Oteen, I, I used to have like, that one bloke. <laughs> Yeah. You've got like, a sack I, on the other side of your door, haven't I have you? a sack, and I, I chase people down the road if they... And then you have a, a musket, a don't musket you, on a light, light up with you. But his, his goes across the top of the Yeti. Your Yeti that's in there, actually, you've just got... The line of sight is directly just across the, the top. Yeah. Single shots shot. at people. So don't do mail shots. Don't, don't do, do don't print do media. Print media is fucking dead, man. Like, unless you are a club promoter who has... Uh, one advantage that we have at between the hours of 10pm... And one in the morning, the only people that exist on the street are our crowd. Mm. So our market's been filtered by uh, temporarily mm. and spatially. You're great like, race. If you're walking, if you're walking through Newcastle's big market or mm. Manchester's Deansgate, custom audience at, one, at twelve <laughs> at twelve midday, at twelve, 12, my translator. 12, 12 midnight. 
like you're there because you're you're ready to go on a night out. And if you're not ready to go on a night out, retargeting. <laughs> this is an upsell. This is technically an upsell oh, okay. or a cross sell. I see. Um, we need to map this out in lucid charts. We know how it. But yeah, so print media, fucking dead. I wouldn't. I would really would not waste your time with it. That would include big advertising. Like if you have a look at the price to get a JC decor. Oh um, yeah, and you've got minimum of like. 10 sites, minimum of this many weeks, this many exposures. And it's like, unless you're selling the new fucking Kia Picanto. <laughs> Kia Picanto. That's exactly what that was used for. <laughs> to a T. Um, so, yeah, I think traditional media with regards to that, like you can sell so well just off the back of becoming your own brand. And we can move into personal branding, humanizing the brand, all that sort of stuff. So, I have some points on oh, great. the. Thanks. Um, just, you're just glad he's got points. Just surprised what, that you're the, the 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 basics of this of like if you're sat listening to this and you're thinking, so this isn't for people who have a business who are looking to improve it. This is for people who are like working. That'll be think, next episode. That'll be one of the future episodes. Yeah, we could so we could do start. Yep, we're moving through chronologically. Build, scale, etc. The, the millionaire exciting scale. Will be, will yeah, be exciting. Can't wait yeah. That one. Oh. love scale. Um, so people, I, I think you know the whole Gary V thing of like, there's never been a better time to start a business the best time to start a business was 10 years ago well the yeah. second best time is, is today yeah but i, I do that's, really that's think the that. trading quote isn't yeah it? second best time to learn I suppose to trade. It definitely applies for business as well doesn't it well, but it's so it's so easy like yeah. you if you just want to replace your income by doing something you enjoy doing you can absolutely sell some kind of expertise or even sell what you're currently doing but package it in a business so the point I've written here is that people don't do it because they think jobs are the safe route. I have quite a nihilistic view on this, but I think realistically most jobs will be automated within 10 years, like the vast majority, especially shit like finance, accountancy, anything admin, like realistically is not the safe. Like Accountancy. Oh yeah, mm. absolutely. It's listed, The Economist thinks it's like one of the most likely industries to be oh, automated. God. Painting and like, Plumbing and shit like that, Carp- carpentry. Those are the most safe industries. But well, but so uh, painting. I wonder if they're going to have this that drone that comes in a room. It's just that, it's just that just every sprays. every room is every room in different dimensions, and people have very specific requirements. So you you use the Dulux app where you fill in certain walls. It detects the walls. It maps out like the the lines and stuff, and it just flies around and just. Why not go orthogonal with this and just <laughs> everyone get. VR to the point where it's such high quality yeah, that your VR yeah. thing changes the things in your room. Well, if, sat in a case, if it's that high quality, you don't you live your life. Just lie in a bed. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There we go. I, to be honest, I can't wait for that. Be, Everyone will be so fat. It'd be, like, be nice to have a rest, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'd love a rest. So sell whatever you're doing. Like There is an opportunity to do that. And there are a few resources I listen to. So there's an Alan Watts video. Is that right? I did not expect you to suggest Alan that. Watts Wisdom. Yeah, really? where he talk he talks about like how to decide what to do, and he uses an example of like, well, you know, if you if you like what you do, you can command a good fee for it, and you like what you do, and if you do it for the money, that's madness. And so he talks about that, and just basically logically walks you through like why working in a job that you don't like because you think it's a safe route is lunacy. Anton Creel, the clip from that I assume you're gonna share. It's already been in once, but I'll do it again. So that, that video convinced me to quit my job. Why? He talks about viewing, viewing quitting your job to start something in a trading analogy. So he's like, look at your downside and your upside. So 
you earn 20 grand a year and you want to start your own business. You quit your job. People think I have a downside or I stand to lose 20 grand a year. Actually, you probably stand to lose like two grand a year because you could go back into a job for 18, let's say. Your upside is potentially unlimited. So like, let's say you quit and you become the next Jeff Bezos. Unlikely, but possible. Like never going to happen in your current situation. Might happen if you quit and try. So you, you're exposing yourself to unlimited upside with it, like a two grand downside. Because then if you, that is, it's like, if you fail after say a year, <clears> go back and you want to go find another job. Yeah. Worst case, you can find a job for a bit less than what you have. Yeah. The asymmetry in that particular trade. If any trader saw that opportunity. Take it every day. Motherfucker. Yeah. Margin. So he just says, put yourself yeah. in situations like that for the rest of your life and you'll become very wealthy. Very wealthy indeed. Uh, what other bits <laughs> have you got down there? Have you got anything else? I mean, I go into like emotional management. Okay. So, but, that, I mean, that, but yeah, so I think don't, don't, I, I was going to stay in, in a job that I, that I was told by everyone around me was the safe route because, you know, quitting and starting your own thing is stupid. And, and risky. many of your co-workers are still there. Still there. Yeah. And some of them, some of them like it, some of them don't. Um, but I think like, let's say like our parents' generation, like for them to start a business, really difficult to do in- a lot of, ba- lot of barriers to entry to do. very fric- yeah. high friction like you need to produce a widget in a factory and you know get a loan from a bank like very traditional now you can essentially sell information digitally for and make a, a good good income doing it so why if you have an inkling of thinking about it at least fucking give it a go the other thing as well is that most businesses like this like you did you were able to do multiple things at once. Mm. Yeah. If you are looking to do something that occurs very specifically within office hours, you've seen Mm. that in your um, particular area, there is a market for window cleaners, let's say, (laughs) and you happen to, you happen to have the expertise or the inclination. You fucking love getting after windows and you're like, right, but I've got a nine to five in some typical retail store. Okay. You just, you've got a little bit of conflict. Mm. Whereas for the most part, what we're going to be talking about here is some small sort of craft, someone's um, unique skill or a marketing opportunity or coaching or whatever Mm. it might be. Um, There's no reason that you can't begin to dip your toe alongside whatever the job is at the moment. And I think like, so the Alan Watts thing of if you just do for a living, what you find intensely interesting, then immediately you have a massive advantage over everybody else. So like the thing I remember thinking was, I remember sitting in the office and I wanted to leave at five o'clock because I wanted to train, I wanted to do propane, Mm -hmm. see friends, whatever. Other people wanted to stay. So I'm thinking like, well, because I don't want to, so immediately- The odds are already stacked against you. Yeah, I'm not going to get the promotion. I'm not going to be a partner or whatever. So like, I'm going to go find the thing that I don't mind doing till midnight that actually I would choose to do. Because then even if you don't- end up in the top 1%. That's still great. Yeah. Did you, did both of you listen to the James Clear podcast? Mm-hmm. He talks about Steffi Graf. So he talks about, um, Steffi Graf, one of the greatest female tennis players of all time. I think she's German. And, um, Sounds German. Oh, what, I did listen to this. So yeah. when she was about 12 or 14, they went and did um, two broad area tests on the youth uh, players in the uh, German tennis team. And one of them was on skill and aptitude and the other was on passion and motivation. And mm. she scored the highest on both. So you're like, right, <laughs> good, good fucking luck beating her. Because yeah. even if you're more skilled, she'll outwork you at mm. training 
and catch up and then overtake you. And to her, it'll feel like fun. Mm. Another example, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, uh, uh, Catherine David's daughter, one of the fittest women on the planet for the last few years in the CrossFit Games. And someone said to her, how do you find the motivation to do what you do every day? She said, if you gave me any life in the world, I would choose what I'm doing right now. Like, motherfucker, like you try and beat her. You try and will yourself to beat someone for whom work feels like fun. Mm. And that's what James Clear says, that if you can find the thing which to you feels like play, but to everyone else feels like work, you're laughing. And that, for me, at the moment, is this podcast. Mm. Ten years ago, for me, it was filling and running clubs. Yeah. And... If you if you do it sufficiently well, and we can get onto this lineage a little bit more in future episodes, but if you do it sufficiently well, you can do t- to a, a much more successful, successful degree than I have, but you can scale businesses which you have conquered, build them to a degree where they're sufficiently self-sufficient, leave them off to one side, and then take the next conquest on. Yep, do other stuff. And you're like, right, okay, so fuck it, now I'm going to add a podcast on okay, so fuck it, now I'm going to start to do, for me, modelling, or I'm going to start to do, I DJed for a while, or I'm going to start to do this or that or the other. But the foundation needs to be a business which you can scale. I mean, so you can do this within, so like, you don't have to set up a business just in something you enjoy. Like you could, so that, uh, Carl Newport has a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You, which mm-hmm. he wrote before all the stuff he's written. It is Carl Newport, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So that he talks about finding, um, so he talked like he uses the Steve Jobs thing of like find your passion and how that's actually not correct and that that doesn't correlate with happiness and actually if people have autonomy and feel good at something and feel valued mm-hmm. they get just as much satisfaction from a career and a job as they would from a business. So you mm-hmm. can there's loads of examples in that book, but you can get the same thing from that. But most people, I think it's fair to say, the vast majority don't consider work as something that they it genuinely love do. doing. Fifteen percent of people. Do you, apparently. Love it. 15% of people say that they are actively engaged in their job. Right. 85% of people are either actively disengaged or mm. agnostic. That's so grim, isn't it? About work, yeah, man. Especially when you think that's 40 hours of your life oh, minimum God. every week, plus travel to and from work, plus all of the mincy stuff that you've got to do around it. The, 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 like the office politics. Social mm. connections, the taking your work home with nice you. Nice cafe coffee. Nice cafe coffee. Fucking bullshit. If you take out sleep... Fuck cocoa pops, man. (laughs) If if you take out sleep time, which you're unconscious, so you can't really count that towards time spent in your life, it's such an overwhelming... 50% of your life. But then this is why, like, people, like, on a Friday night, just get, like, battered because the reality of the situation is just too overwhelming to think about. When you actually really sit and think about it, you just want to cry, so you get drunk. I want to escape it, yeah, Yeah. so I'm going to go out this week. And people often cry at drunk and then get cry. And then get cry. Get drunk and then cry. And then get cry. And then get cry after that. Yeah. And then do drunking. <laughs> and the um, Tim Urban, Tim Urban's podcast with Tim Ferriss, they talk about happiness. And his definition of happiness is like crushing a Tuesday, having a mint Tuesday. Yeah. And that, that's what this podcast was going to be called. Crushing a Tuesday. Crushing oh, a Tuesday. Yeah. Or do I have to go and get Lex? Do I need to go? was like, you must call it that. I'm not coming on the podcast. You're coming on the podcast unless you call it. Do I have to go and get Lex? But I think if you don't thoroughly, if you don't regularly have Tuesdays where you're like, that was good. Fucking nailed Then that. do do something else. Yeah. For the love of God. Well, I mean, so at the beginning of the next episode, some of the listeners will be familiar with this, but at the beginning of the next business principles, I'm going to do the experiment you can do at home where you whittle away your wage down. And I'm pretty certain that if we ask enough questions, we will be able to get you to pay us <laughs> to come to work. I'm pretty sure that we'll okay. be able to do that. So um, I think we might as well 
call it there. That I really enjoyed this. I think that a lot of people are interested in entrepreneurship and stuff like that. As I've already said, if there's areas you want us to cover, fuck me from like scaling specific stuff. I know a lot of people have actual questions about how to run club promo. I don't, I'm, don't treat any of our trade secrets as that secret. Online marketing is available everywhere. If you want to know about Facebook ads, if you want to know about staff management, problem solving, emotional control, how to scale a business, pricing strategy, whatever it is. We need give, questions. If you ask something that's boring to answer in a podcast, we're probably not going to answer it. But if it's something that's like... That cool. Well, what these. do you want to know? What mm. is it that you want to know? What, what questions have you got either about sort of personal questions for our particular... Uh, career history um yeah give us a message as always thank you very much for tuning in like share subscribe i would really appreciate it k i